0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Rasinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please remember to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And as always, we ask you to please, wherever you see Joe and I on social media, primarily on facebook even though joe i think we got another strike but what are you gonna do (laughs) um so uh so we're suspended for a week but we are on youtube at the frontline tv the frontline tv like subscribe share do all that fun stuff and we always appreciate your support today and we're taking usually you know everybody knows out there we usually are um having a conversation with uh with an author who has a book or different things going on today we we are having what we believe to be a very important conversation and we as catholics need to know about it because anything that's going on in the world that's just what what you would call evil because it is evil is something that we're going to talk about on this show and today we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Sali uh hudaya and he is going to be joining us to talk about the plight of the uyghur community and the east turkestani diaspora and uh now, some of you might have seen Dolly, excuse uh, me, Sally on uh, social media. He is. Doing a lot of interviews, having said that, I just want to give a brief introduction. Uh, Saleh Hudaya was elected as the Prime Minister of the East Turkestan government in exile on November 11, 2019. He was born to a Uyghur business family in Atush, East Turkestan. He studied international studies and politics at the University of Oklahoma, and was a member of the Army National Guard from 2013, excuse me, 2011 to 2013. And he is currently pursuing a master's masters in national security studies from the american military university on june 4 2000 sali hudaya fled to the united states with his family where they became political refugees he grew up in oklahoma and despite being so young he began to spread awareness uh, about East Turkestan and the situation there. He is fluent in Uyghur, Turkish, and English. He is married and currently resides with his wife in Northern Virginia. Salih Hudaya, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. With that, I'll hand it over to Joe and we'll begin the conversation.
1: Prime Minister, it's our custom to always begin with a prayer. Um, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, almost most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin, a virgin's our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. Well, Mother of the Word, incarnate, despise not out of petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Prime Minister, first and foremost, thank you for coming on. Um, I think this is, as Joe said, a very important conversation, one that does not get enough press, particularly in the United States, and should, and hopefully we'll explore the reasons why it doesn't get that type of coverage. But I think uh, as a good starting point, let's just give our listeners a little background on the Uyghur community and the East Turkestani um I think many people may not be aware of it. They should be, and I think it's a good starting block to build on our conversation.
2: So the Uyghurs are an ethnically Turkic people who have lived in Central Asia for, for at least five to 6,000 years. Um, they are the local inhabitants of East Turkestan, the Which the Chinese occupied in 1949 and renamed to Xinjiang, meaning the new territory or new colony. The Uyghurs historically they have uh, uh, practiced numerous uh, religions, uh, including shamanism, Buddhism. Uh, For about a couple of hundred years, they were Nestorian Christians, and then uh, after. They were an Christians. They uh, embraced Islam, and predominantly, most Uyghurs today are uh, Muslim. Though there are uh, small uh, minority uh, populations of Uyghurs who are still either
0: shamans, uh, Buddhists, or even uh, Christians. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks for the background, Prime. Let's the. <laughs> with a little bit as i said in the introduction we go into the breach here okay and i I don't know why or maybe we can explore the reasons or you could give some opinions why you know some some atrocities in the world you know they, they they get attention and others unfortunately do not and you know if if evil is being committed um oppression murder Uh, all these things, and we're going to expose it, or at least you would think in America we should, um, and we don't because we don't have a fair press. Having said that, um, Chinese authorities, okay, they have been accused of imposing forced labor, mass internment, forced birth control, erasing bigger cultural and religious identity, and separating children from their incarcerated parents. Um, Is that just a couple of Italian guys from New Jersey uh, right-wing conspiracy theory, or or is that actually what's going on? Can you elaborate on, on these human rights violations? Yes,
2: these are all things that are uh, going on. Um, this is actually stuff that the Chinese government has been uh, implementing for uh, decades, but the situation uh, got worse starting in uh, May of 2014 when Xi Jinping um, went to visit East Turkestan in May of 2014. In fact, uh, just the other day, uh, he went to visit East Turkestan for the first time in eight years. And uh, many people were shocked, you know, what, what is he doing here? Last time he went there, this is when China launched its people's war campaign against so-called extremism, separatism, terrorism. And using that excuse, the Chinese government began to uh, mass intern, uh, according to the U.S. Department of Defense upwards of at least uh, 3 million Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other Turkic peoples. Uh, This time, the Xi Jinping went to oversee, uh, you know, how his directives were implemented. In addition to that, uh, he made a couple of statements stating that, you know, they are going to uh, continue with, uh, you know, normalize this uh, security presence there, and they're going to continue uh, giving funding uh, for more concentration camps. So what's happening in East Turkestan essentially is since 1949, at the, at the time of the uh, Chinese occupation of East Turkestan, the Chinese population made you know, less than 4% of the population of East Turkestan. And that was mostly the Chinese soldiers and their families that had been sent to uh, colonize East Turkestan. Over the decades, as a result of state-sponsored uh, colonization, The Chinese population began to grow and the uh, Chinese government began to impose uh, population control policies initially, um, including, you know, uh, forced abortions, birth control. Uh, The Chinese government themselves, their own documents state that between 1979 and 2009, they prevented, quote, 3.7 million illegal births, end quote, in East Turkestan. Uh, they murdered 3.7 million babies in, in the course of three decades. Uh, in addition to that, women are being sterilized, uh, especially uh, women uh, you know, who had you know, one or two more children. After that, they're being sterilized by the Chinese government. In addition to that, you have young uh, unmarried Uyghur and other Turkic women being forcibly married to Chinese men in an essence to breed out our population. Uh, you have our men who are being sterilized as well, but they're being sent into the prisons and into the concentration camps as you know terrorists, extremists, and they're being killed for their organs. Their organs are being sold uh, to, unfortunately, wealthy Muslims across the world as, quote, halal organs. And uh, this is the situation. The Chinese government themselves stated that they, you know, forcibly connected the DNA voice prints and retina scans of 36 million people between the ages of 12 and 65 in East Turkestan between 2016 and 2017. And mm-hmm. this, you know, they're using this to match, you know, the donors or to match they need or, uh, you know, their, their organ market. On top of that, you mentioned the children, uh, you know, the uh, Chinese government themselves stated that they separated 850,000 reward and other Turkic children from their families and sent them to state-run boarding schools and orphanages to be li- uh, raised as loyal atheist Chinese citizens. Um, keeping them away from their culture, keeping them away from their religion and essentially worshipping, you know, the Chinese Communist Party as God, because that's what the Chinese Communist Party views itself, there's no higher being than the Chinese Communist Party. And they're instilling them with the, you know, uh, Chinese fascism, you know, fascist ideology. So when they they grow up, their own culture, they hate their own people, and, you know, essentially embrace and become
0: Chinese it 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 amazes me how we in america don't open our eyes to this if, I honestly prime minister it, it bothers me to my core that that and i'm sure we're going to get into it in the questions and the conversation um how how americans just give this regime a pass i mean to me xi jinping is no different than mao what well, a little different we're suit Instead of instead of you know like I, I really am bothered and that's why we're so grateful that Prime Minister Sally Hudaya is on the show at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network to expose in our own little way here, Prime Minister, as best we can and to try to reach a wider audience. People need to start shaming American companies, and we'll get into that in a little bit. To stop doing business, you know, with this regime, um, I, you know, again, it, it, whether they're going to crumble over that is one thing. I don't think they will, but at the very least, I don't understand why we have to why we have to do business with them and give them our money particularly uh, particularly in light of all the things that you're bringing to light with that i don't want to go off on a rant joe resanello
1: A lot of times, um, governments, if you look at history, uh, Prime Minister, obviously they paint their their lies to cover up what they're doing. And in this particular case, um, the Chinese authorities are saying that these camps are re-educational, vocational schools. Now, we know that that's a lie. I'd like for you to respond to it, because one of the things Joe and I try to do is expose lies. Um, We've seen similar actions by Stalin. You know, in his gulags, re-education, Solzhenitsyn has-
0: The Khmer re- Rouge, the Khmer that Rouge. That was exactly, same- exactly,
1: same thing. Um, and history obviously has painted those um, lies and actual atrocities for what they actually are. Please, you know, you know, dispel this myth.
2: Yes, yeah, so the Chinese government claims that these are vocational training and re-education centers. Uh, the part of the thing is that they're claiming that, oh, they're de-radicalizing our people. They are providing them with, you know, vocational training and jobs. Um, and when you look at it, many of the people, especially the first type of people that they targeted, uh, was our intellectuals, our intellectuals, our religious leaders, our wealthy businessmen and women, all of them were targeted. Uh, you know, these are people who don't need to be quote, re-educated. They're not ignorant. Many of these people are very successful people. You know, you have doctors, lawyers, journalists, scholars, you know, all of them being sent saying that they need to work and become re-educated. No, that's not the the case here. The Chinese government is just simply using this as, as the case to round up our people and deprive our nation of our, you know, the most, you know, worthy people in our, in, our, in, our diaspora, uh, in our community who are able to, to uplift our people. So you have all of our wealthy people have been you know, sentenced anywhere from uh, 18 to life in prison simply because they're wealthy. All of their assets have been seized. All of our intellectuals have been put into prisons because they are, have been deemed as two-faced, uh, meaning that they're not loyal to the Chinese government. Our religious you know, leaders have been put into the camps and prisons because they're religious and the Chinese government are saying that they're extremists and that they're promoting I- extremism. Many of like more recently, uh, the BBC, they leaked the Xinjiang police files is what it's called, uh, of, uh, has records of over 300,000 that were detained and the photographs of over uh, 2,800 of them. And these were obviously hacked. Uh, And what this shows is many of these people, you know, from as young as 14, as old as 73. Both the youngest was a a girl; the oldest was a a grandmother. You know, they've been sentenced to you know uh, prison simply on the charges of so-called terrorism extremism, simply because one the girl learned how to, you know, read the Quran. The older woman, you know, she was telling her children not to smoke or drink. So that was a sign of extremism. And so she was a terrorist for telling her children to not smoke and drink, which normally is from a health aspect, that's something you shouldn't do. Uh, These are, this is the case. Other people, you know, they were all in there simply for having worked out, because even working out, you know, trying to stay fit is seen as a terrorist activity in the eyes of the Communist Party and the Chinese government. Having traveled overseas, having talked to a foreigner, having, you know, even a, a WhatsApp, you know, app in your phone. All of these are excuses that the Chinese government uses. Owning a tent, owning a flashlight, having, you know, m- more gas in your car than you're allo- allotted, and more bread, your house and you're allotted. All of these things are why the Chinese government, you know, it, are excuses that the Chinese government uses to sentence people to prisons and, you know, and okay. So that this is, this is all a lie. If that was truly the case, the Chinese government says our people with jobs and that, you know, they're, they're sending our people, especially our young men and women out of Turkestan to work in slave labor camps across China, 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 China the Chinese government brings millions of Chinese colonists into East Turkestan, provides them you know, with a lot of benefits, free housing, uh, you can have more than two, three kids, if a sign up bonus to settle East Turkestan again under the same guise of oh we're providing jobs. If, if, if the Chinese government was really serious about you know providing people with jobs and you know easy tensions between the different ethnic between the Uyghurs and the Turkic people and the Chinese colonists, they just stop sending more Chinese. live in their own you know stay in their own country and you. To the economy that way, it's the, it's the same thing. But it obviously, out in 2013. In his Chinese dream, is to create a homogeneous Chinese nation uh, by 2035, and that's yeah. precisely what they're doing. Even in his recent the idea, that again he's emphasizing that we need to bring all these ethnic groups to a homogeneous Chinese nation uh essentially what they want to do is take all the other different groups and just
0: create only the chinese it's it's unbelievable to me prime minister Saleh Huday is joining the front line with joe and joe on the verse catholic radio network what's their, what is, uh, we're a couple guys from new jersey prime minister let me just put it straight up like what's their beef the things that you're describing that the communist China, Chinese Communist Party, is doing to the Uyghur community in East Turkestan. Okay, what? Why? Why target? It, it is curious to us. Why target the, the the Uyghur community? Why target East Turkestan in particular? Like basically, what's their beef with with, with the Uyghurs? Whoa. What? I, we really, I mean, because you think about it, there are many groups around the world, okay? There are many groups in proximity to China, but China for for a long time now has been really like laser focused on this community. Why is that?
2: Well, like with any, you know, colonial power or invaders, you know, uh, occupiers, uh, they're when they occupy a land, you know, in order to sustain that, occupation, they have to give the local people back. They have to either convince them to you know, work work for China, or they have to assimilate them, and this is essentially what,
0: what it is. M- m- just a, a quick interruption. I apologize, Prime Minister. You mentioned, like, if they want, if they want the land, is there something unique to East Turkestan as far as whether raw materials or anything like that um, unique to East Turkestan that makes it that, that 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 arouses the covetousness of the Chinese government?
2: Yes, East Turkestan is about one fifth of the current territories under the control of the People's Republic of China and the uh, Chinese Communist Party. So it's a massive piece of real estate, uh, almost three times the size of the state of Texas. Uh, In East Turkestan, you have, you know, natural gas, oil, gold, uranium, rare earth minerals uh, that are being, you know, 60% of China's uh, oil and natural gas come out of East Turkestan. 80% Uh, 80% of their electricity production, that's powering all these major Chinese cities, are coming out of East Turkestan. 95%, uh, 90%, over uh, 90% of the cotton, 80 to 90% of the cotton supplies uh, production in China comes out of East Turkestan. Uh, over 55, uh, over 50% of the global polysilicon uh,
0: production, which is used to make solar panels. Is coming out of East Turkestan. So what you're saying is that 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 Xi Jinping and the commu- uh, Chinese Communist Party is doing to East Turkestan what Stalin did to the Ukraine. In other words, in in effect, when Stalin collectivized the farms, steal all the grain, traded it over, you know, traded on the world market for steel to industrialize the, the Soviet Union. Basically, it comes down to what it always comes down to: money. You know, they, they, you, know, they, they you know, they, you know, sometimes. Prime Minister, we don't need to look further than that, or at least for what the motive is. All right. And it seems to be based on what you just described. Um, again, rich in resources, gold, cotton, oil, natural gas. Obviously, we know what the Chinese Communist Party is after, um, at the expense of the Uyghur, you know, the the, the, the Uyghur population of East Turkestan. Um, let's, if you don't mind, Prime Minister, I'm gonna hand it over to Joe. Let's uh but we really wanna try to get into as much as we can here. So Joe Resinello.
1: Well, you talk about money. I mean, let's like look at what's going on with the United States. I mean, the government of the United States, to be fair, has uh, declared uh, the Chinese policy uh, versus, you know, with the Uyghurs, a genocide. They said it, but they're not doing anything about it. Let's be honest. Um, we do business there. You look at the NBA. You look at all the banking that goes on in China. I mean, we're doing nothing. Hollywood. Nothing. There you go. I mean, what could be done to stop this with regard to Americans? What can we do to bring awareness to this? Because to be honest with you, everyone, it's its its similar the way I look at it to what happened during the Nazi occupation of Eastern Europe. The concentration camps were there. Everyone knew what was going on. No one said a word. Maybe they were afraid in fairness. But in this case, I think it's money-driven. There's money to be made in China, and they're closing their eyes. No one says a word, and it's shameful. What are your thoughts? Uh, this is precisely what's happening. Uh, I mean,
2: it's been about eight years since China started genocide. And other than, you know, a few governments like the United States and a few parliaments across Europe condemning it as genocide, nothing more has been done. Condemnations are great, we're grateful for that, but there has been nothing meaningfully done. Yeah, there have been bills like the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, which was put into law uh, this past uh, June, um, which would prohibit any goods that are suspected of being made from slave labor uh, from coming, originating from East Turkestan, from entering into the United States. But the Chinese government has a loophole around this. What they do is they relocate our young people uh, that are working in these slave factories in, in East Turkestan to outside of East Turkestan into the other Chinese provinces and still continue to get away with it either way. So it needs to be this is why I was trying to per, uh, persuade policymakers. I said we need to do it on all goods that are made in China, uh, that either you have to prove that your goods are not made with forced labor or slave labor. Or if you can't prove that then your goods cannot come into the United States uh, or else the Chinese government is, is going to continue using this loophole but again there were many uh, you know corporations including Apple Coca-cola Nike among others who lobbied against this bill who tried to uh, weaken it as best as they could to where it would't necessarily impact their their operations and their business interests so yeah you have companies you know that are involved in this you have Companies like Volkswagen, who are making, you know, uh, like they made, you know, uh, vehicles for the Nazi regime, they're making police cars for the Chinese regime uh, that is engaging in genocide in East Turkestan. Uh, So this is absolutely uh, nothing new. Even, for example, uh, with the Build Back Better plan, uh, the Biden administration, before they came into, during the election uh, campaign, they vowed that they would, you know, you, you know, push back against China in the strongest terms uh, over the issue of the Uyghur genocide, against the Uyghur genocide. Yet they came to power and they haven't done anything meaningful. In fact, uh, with the Build Back Better plan, they're focused on solar panels. 54% of the global polysilicon production, 50 to 54%, comes from East Turkestan. The main three three largest, you know, solar panel producers in the world, three Chinese companies, operate in East Turkestan. And this went from 2014 when the campaign started, it was 9%. It, the uh, East Turkestan made up 9% of global production of polysilicon. By 2020, it went up over 50% because of the forced labor, because of the slave labor of the Uyghur and other Turkic people. Yet the CBP, you know, they... Uh, the Customs and Border Patrol—they uh, uh, blacklisted a bunch of uh, companies, uh, uh, countries from you know uh, import from importing um, uh, solar panels into the United States. But they left off, you know, these three Chinese, uh, three Chinese companies, the three main ones that are involved in this. So it's like, who are you trying to fool? Every cent that we give to the Chinese government, they use that to engage in genocide. Even right. if we gave them a dollar, if we gave them a dollar, let's say they don't use the whole dollar. Even if they use 10 cents, we're, we're, we're giving more than just a dollar. We're giving billions, hundreds of billions of dollars a year annually just in trade with China. And they're using a percentage of that to engage in genocide. So essentially, we are funding the genocide of uh, Uyghurs and other Turkic peoples in East Turkestan and this needs to stop. The least that we as Americans can do is realize that it's in our interest to stop buying Chinese goods. One, from a moral perspective, fact that if we stop buying Chinese goods, we will, it's the least that we can do to oppose the genocide that, that they're doing. Secondly, it's to, from a security perspective, We're not giving money to a regime, to a country that's out, that has a clear goal to replace the United States as a global superpower.
0: Hey, uh, Prime Minister Saleh Udaya joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're discussing China, the Uyghur genocide, you know, the shame of it all. And then we're going to have to go to a break. But and I, I'd love for you to comment probably after we come back from the break is that you You, you mentioned or it's, uh, you implied that we need to have a little bit more awareness of what's going on there. Right. And the shame of it is that we have a press that doesn't they don't dig into this either. We have, this transcends political parties. Joe and I lean conservative, or we are conservative, okay? But the party we usually vote for doesn't do much good in this regard either, because everybody just wants to make money. Everybody just, everybody wants to do business. Don't mess with the free market, blah, blah, blah. That's all you hear. But my larger point was about the press, okay? We have such a disgusting press in this country. OK, because they pick and choose the atrocities in the world that they want to cover. And this is just an undercovered story. I don't care what you say. Yes, you do have to go to more conservative websites and publications most of the time to find out what's going on, because our press, they're bought and paid for, too, as far as we're concerned, just as much as any other corporation that's make, getting fat and making money, NBA or whoever it might be, with the Chinese Communist Party. OK, the press is right there in bed with them. And yet they call themselves FAIR. We're fair, Prime Minister. Uh, I want your comments on that when we come back from the break. Saleh Hidayah, Prime Minister of East Turkestan, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Veritas Catholic Radio Network. This is a very great conversation, and people need to hear it, particularly us in the Catholic community. So stick around. We have another segment. We'll be right back.
3: Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe & Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe & Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's not that late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that at 1230, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at veritascatholic.com or on the mobile app.
0: Welcome back everyone to the frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Rasinello. We are way, way, way in the breach with Prime Minister Saleh Hudaya of East Turkestan, a Prime Minister in exile. Am I correct in that, Prime Minister? Yes. We'll get to that in a little bit too. We want you to let our audience your efforts are. But let's let's unpack this a little bit more. Let's expose uh, the truth as we are supposed to be doing here at the front line with Joe and Joe. With that, I'm gonna hand it back to Joe Rasinello.
1: Uh, Joe Pasillo teed up uh, this next question on the other side of the break. Let's talk about the mainstream media. Um, Clearly, they have an agenda. Um, Why aren't they basically broadcasting these truths that you're speaking right now, particularly in the West, not just in America, but across Europe, in England, in Australia, in Canada? What is preventing them from speaking the truth? Is it influence from the Chinese government when it comes to money. Um, I'm willing to bet it is. It's money-driven, as Joe Basil rightfully said. What's your thoughts?
2: It precisely is. I mean, I've had this conversation with numerous, you know, policymakers, both here in the U.S. and Europe and the U.K., uh, and this is precisely the problem. Uh, you have, you know, this issue of elite capturism. The Chinese have uh, captured the elites, uh, you know, economically, uh, you know, they have grabbed them uh, by the pockets, essentially, you know, stuffing money into the pockets and buying their silence. And so many of these media organizations, uh, they refrain from covering the, the full story, the whole thing. Uh, you know, they'll mention, you know, briefly a little bit, but nothing to where it will upset the Chinese government because everyone is upset you know, everyone is afraid of upsetting China because of the economic interest, uh, the economic entanglement that they have found themselves in. And so uh, simply it is about the money. Uh, The Chinese government, you know, they're able to, you know, put propaganda, uh, you know, in, you know, uh, Western, uh, uh, you know, magazines, newspapers, uh, you know, denying the atrocities or whitewashing the genocide that's happening, yet uh, we can't do the same to counter that. It's, it's, it's shameless.
0: When you see all the evidence, and evidence l- such as you're providing, and we know it's out there, and the treatment of these people, along with many others too, but in, in this partic- t- t- particular case, like you said, Prime Minister, it's like your Chinese are focused on the on the Uyghurs. Um, but, you know, it, it it just amazes me that, you know, we get shrill, like especially the American left. OK, they get, they get all shrill in this country because, you know, the 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 Supreme Court just said that that states could decide whether or not what their abortion laws are going to be. Right. And they can't just, you know, kill their babies on demand. OK, because the Supreme Court says so. And you, they scream in the streets. And yet this atrocity that's going on, silence. I want to ask you this. Yeah, a lot of it. Joe Racinello just, uh, and you, you uh, supported what he said in that it has to do with money. How much of it is ideology? How much of it is the fact that many leaders in the world right now and a lot of the mainstream culture in Western Europe and America, how, come it's, how much of it is because they happen to agree with communist ideology? Do you agree? I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. D- do you think that that's part of this? I mean, I, I
2: definitely think there is some aspects of ideology uh, involved as well. I'll be honest, for example, here in the United States, uh, the reason I'm speaking to you and not to some liberal host is the fact that you're even willing to even hear about this and, you know, let the world know about what's going on. Whereas uh, liberals, unfortunately, they're, they're, you know, they seem that some of, for, for example, the issue of 3.7 million babies being aborted, that's, that's not a problem for them. Well, Sure. Sure, uh, as far as for, for, for sterilization, that's not a problem for them either. Uh, many of these aspects it's not really a problem for them. They're like, okay, so what?
0: yeah and, that's- and and that's and that's a shame of it is, is that it, it just smacks of all this elitism and 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 yes ideology and 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 people just don't I, I just don't understand how they could stick their head in the sands. well hopefully hopefully they won't for much longer okay and they understand exactly just how evil this is like i i I, again the people that rail about all the atrocities that have occurred particularly in the 20th century and this and that but they have nothing to say nothing to say when it is one isn't one of their favored groups that's being persecuted joe restinello where do you want to go from here
1: when we talk about the free press i guess we have to also talk about uh big tech i mean um you know A lot of people know who are listening to our voice that there is censorship in the United States. There are certain things you cannot say to Joe's point at the beginning of the show. uh, We have a social media platform and there's certain topics when we do breach
0: them. They Suspend us for a week. Quite frankly, quite frankly Joe Rasinello, I'm sorry to cut you off. Prime Minister Salihudaya joining us in the front line with Joe and Joe. This will air on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, okay? And they can't mess with that. That's a radio station, AM and FM radio, okay? When they, when we air this on our social media, this, this conversation, which I think is a great and enlightening conversation for people, this could get taken down from YouTube. There's no question about it. They don't want to hear this stuff. This might actually be Russian disinformation. I just want to throw that out there to you, Prime Minister. Sorry to jump in. No, it's
1: okay. I mean, I highlight that fact because we have been censored. Um, you know, and to be honest with you, uh, they call themselves a free press, you know, in the name of of the truth police. I mean, we've even seen this in the Biden administration. He actually appointed somebody um to, you know, basically decipher what is truth and what is not. I mean, that to me doesn't sound like a free press, nor does it sound like America. If you ask me, that's my two cents. But how has big tech affected your plight? Are they communicating? Do they censor certain things? I'm sure, you know, this is a way that people communicate nowadays in the, in the world. How have they affected your means of getting your message out?
2: Well, as far as big tech, I mean, big tech, uh, is seems, you know, promoting and you know, when it comes to, for example, uh, uh, President Trump, <coughs> Twitter suspended his account simply because of allegations that oh he he led people out into the streets. Yet you have Chinese government accounts that are promoting genocide, uh, that are you know still operating. You have you know uh, people from Hamas, from Hezbollah, and others who are promoting you know. Terrorism that are still being able to use, you know, big tech. So there's like a, a double, double standard here, uh, essentially. Um, and I, I feel like some of our, some of the things that we post, you know, it's, it's, you know, because everything is an algorithm. But at the same time, there's something called, you know, uh, uh, shadow banning or something, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's, it, it, those type of thing, thing things are happening. Uh, for example, on Facebook. We can't even post ads. Well, the Chinese government can post ads, but I, as an American citizen, I'm not able to post, a, post an ad inviting people to join a certain demonstration. Whereas the Chinese government, they can post ads every day that they want, all day they want, uh, about denying the genocide, about how everybody's happy, about how Uyghurs are singing and dancing and that there is no genocide and that Uyghurs are, quote, terrorists.
0: You know if there's one if there's if there's one thing that Karl Marx said was true he said history repeats itself first as tragedy and then as farce and that's exactly what's going on here. In other words, where are like I said, all the tragedies that we're we're told we have to you know cry over, and we do. Joe and I and, and you, Prime Minister, all right. I I like to think that we we try to adhere to a moral standard, and we don't. We when we see atrocity, we want to speak out against it. Um, and and that to me transcends our 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 differences as far as the, our individual religions. Um, and and yet it's farce. Because the same people that condone what you, everything you're talking about, they sit at their galas in Hollywood and their symposiums and they, they sip their Grey Goose and they eat their gras, and they think of themselves as the most virtuous people in the world. And yet they won't say a damn word. I want to I expand on that a little bit. Prime Minister Sally Hudaya joined with online on the earth. Okay, um, Huang Ping He's the uh, Consul General, China-New York Consulate, 2018, and he attended the 25th Annual China Forum at the Harvard Business School, okay? Uh, share your thoughts on that. I don't want any Chinese dollars, which Harvard does, by the way, all right? Talk about, talk about that a little bit. Yes,
2: I mean, and this, especially this consul general, I mean, he's made numerous, uh, you know, and not only that, but whitewashing it and even promoting it, saying that you know China, from you know counterterrorism aspect, and that they were, you know, civilizing our people and helping us develop, and not, you know, colonial. You know, uh, we when you think of the left, immediately they. Be jumping on this, but instead, you know, they're a,
3: you
2: know a bloodthirsty uh, politician uh, to uh, speak and you know whitewash and manipulate the brains of American and other students that are listening to this. So we obviously, you know, university in the United States not be on this. It's it's like if we invite Nazis to speak. There's, they're no different than the Nazis. What they're doing is no different. In if, if Harvard inviting Nazis to speak or, or some university started inviting, you know, a Nazi representative to speak uh, about you know, how they're not committing suicide and, you know, and then, you know, oh, they're just doing a few things to a certain group of terrorists and that's about,
0: well you know what it is minister and I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rossello. the thing is you know we're objective men we look at we look at these things and we we judge them appropriately regardless of ideology so I don't particularly care what oppressive or murderous regime you're talking about that's not I don't care what people say I really don't be don't about human care about don't me if you care about, life, life. You care about you know, oppressive or repressive or murderous regimes you don't yeah you're right Prime Minister, um, you know, like they would, they would, they wouldn't invite, let's say, a Nazi, nor should they. But, but what you just did, they will deny. It. Say, no, there's no equivalence between Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, and let's say Xi Jinping and the and the and the current Chinese Communist Party. Why do we know that? Because they don't equate St- uh, Hitler with Stalin and Mao. Joe and I are are, are college-educated guys, okay. Um, and you know what? I didn't hear about Stalin's crimes and Mao's crimes till I was well into high school. But I heard about Hitler's crimes early on. That shows you there's an obviously an ideology, ideological agenda going on here, too. All atrocities need to be condemned, okay? All these actions of these regimes, both in the past and currently, need to be condemned. And Harvard Harvard, and any other American institution shouldn't be inviting murderers, because that's what they are. They're slave masters and they're, and they're murderers, you know, to Harvard to go and get a damn award. Joe Restonello it doesn't shock me just
1: to piggyback on that i mean the elites who run everything in this country um at a school like harvard this is just typical it's typical and yet americans want their children to go to these schools why because they're more concerned with achievement they're more concerned with going to the starbucks and bragging about johnny or sally going to harvard this is not a pursuit of the true, the good, and the beautiful. And this is typical. And that's why we brought this up. I just wanted to say that because people, everyone aspires to have their child to go to one of these schools. And frankly, I don't think they're worth two cents. I just wanted to say that. But let's talk about another organization that's not worth two cents is the UN. The UN, what do they do? I mean, this is the forum, if you ask me. There's atrocities going on all across Africa and have for, for the last century, speaking specifically in the Sudan, in Nigeria, Christians are being like, like there's issues. What's going on? Why aren't they speaking about it? They're not. And I'm interested in your comments.
2: Well, Chinese government, uh, they have seemingly cultivated and bought off a lot of the leaders, you know, or, you know, the captured all across the world, not just here, you know, in the United States uh, or in, in, you know, Central Asia or East Asia, but all over the world, especially through the Belt and Road Initiative. And this means also, you know, the UN. Uh, after the United States, China contributes the most to the UN. Uh, about a decade ago, China's contribution did not even make up like 2%. Now... It's well over, you know, 20% of, uh, of the contribution to the UN. So, using that, the Chinese government, uh, especially uh, by focusing so much on African nations and other, you know, uh, smaller nations by giving them, you know, predatory loans, uh, asking no questions, the Chinese government has cultivated, you know, a group, a large group of countries that will vote no matter what, whatever position China wants, they'll automatically vote on that. Uh, uh, even even at like the UN Human Rights Council, for example, China on the UN Human Rights Council, a, a regime that's engaging in genocide in the 21st century is on the Human Rights Council. Like It's like putting the Nazis on the Human Rights Council. Uh, yet they use this to silence any criticism. Uh, the, the United States and a few uh, European countries, you know, they, they occasionally try to raise our issue, but China immediately tries to, to block it. The UN as a whole has been completely silent. In May of this year, uh, the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights visited East Turkestan for a few days and pretty much you know, towed the Chinese government line. Uh, they were supposed to have you know, released a report on the situation in East Turkestan uh, for the past several years, and it kept getting delayed and delayed, and still, it's still delayed. There's no news of when this report is going to come out. Uh, the UN has you know, there's the UN treaty, the 1948 UN uh, Genocide uh, Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. Every member of the UN has a treaty obligation to stop, to, to oppose and to stop genocide, yet none of them are doing that. And this includes the United States and other European countries who have, you know, recognized it as genocide, but are haven't done anything more beyond that.
0: Tell me about it. Prime Minister Saleh Hudaya joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. He's the Prime Minister in exile of East Turkestan. And we are discussing China. We're discussing East Turkestan. Uh, we're discussing genocide. Um, I, I don't understand, Prime Minister, for the life of me. Um, and I'm going back decades. The UN has been an essentially useless organization from its inception. There's no other way to put that. You mentioned China being on the Human Rights Council. I think at one point or maybe even still, I think the Sudan was on there along with Cuba. Um, So it it shows you like I don't understand how people of goodwill, anybody who's got their eyes open, doesn't look at the U.N. and say, really, should 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 this organization even exist? How about we kick them out of uh, East uh, Midtown Manhattan? all right, shut down that building, sell it off for condos, okay, and back out of that organization, okay, because they're useless. If they can't address this, they're useless. Then then they have no function. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, so what, obviously, there's a rather large Muslim community in the world, okay? The Uyghur community is one of them, okay? Um, what is the reaction of the of different uh, Muslim countries, okay, uh, to what's happening to the uh, Uyghur community in China? What's their what's their overall view? Particularly, let's talk about Turkey, Pakistan, but you can talk about other issues. Like, what's their overall view of the Chinese Communist Party, the communist regime?
2: Well, the overall view of the Muslim uh, countries against China on, on China or on the issue of East Turkestan is, you know, they're deaf, dumb, and blind. That's be <laughs> Simplest way to put put it, um, when it comes to, you know, the issue of Palestine, Kashmir, Syria, Afghanistan, any other Muslim place, you know, they're all out in the streets. You know, if if, if someone was to even rip a piece of, the, the, you know, a, a Quran it, here in Europe or here in the U.S. or any part of the world, you would have, you know, all these Muslim countries, or, you know, uh, demanding, uh, you know, justice, condemning it. You'd have, you know, uh, Muslims across the world protesting it in in, in in the masses. But the Chinese government, you know, they took every Uyghur's Quran. They took them, lit them on fire in the middle of the streets, took every religious object that they had, and still nothing from the Muslim world. They're silent. In fact, you have countries like Pakistan saying China is following, you know, uh, the, the the footsteps of the Prophet Muhammad. The Prophet Muhammad didn't tell you to go, you know, rape women. They didn't tell you to, you know, say that there is no, you know, we are God. None of that. They didn't tell you to forcibly sterilize people. But it's all about the money. All all these Muslim countries, you know, they receive a lot of economic uh, uh, benefits from China. And some of the Muslim countries, you know, they have close political ties with China, for example, uh, you know, China is very supportive of the the Palestinian issue. Uh, they're supportive of other other issues that they use to push back against the West and to also get uh, you know sympathy and, and bring, bring bridge you know the the gaps that they have with the Muslim community. So the Muslim world just essentially sells us out, and they are literally selling us out. So even after 2016, countries like Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Malaysia. Turkey, uh, other you know Muslim countries in the in the Middle East, they deported uh, you know significant amounts of their uh, uh, significant uh, amount of Uyghurs that were uh, you know had sought refuge in those countries, and they know what they're doing. They know that there are those Uyghurs are going to be sent back and and killed, but that's that's fine for them as long as they you know make make some money from China, and so this is essentially the situation. You will never, for example. For the past three years, the uh, the Western, mostly Western countries, mostly Christian Western countries, have been condemning China's atrocities that they're undertaking in East Turkestan at the UN. And you have about every, the first year it was like 36, then 45, then 47 this year, Um, condemning it. And not a single Muslim country in that. This year, the only single Muslim country was Albania which is in Europe, they were the right. only country that was able to sign on to that letter condemning condemn it. All the other countries, Muslim countries completely silent. In fact, some Muslim countries, like Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Iran, and others, China, you know, put a counter um, counter uh, 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 six letter uh, at the UN General Assembly, uh, praising it's, you know, uh, one denying the genocide, secondly, praising it as, you know, a, a Ter- a counter-terrorism operation, just like how, uh, you know, Russia and Putin called its invasion of Ukraine a special operation or whatever, um, like that. And you have Muslim countries signing on to that saying, oh, there's, there's, you know, we, we pray to China's counterterrorism efforts, you know, they're doing the right thing, we should learn from China. So th- this, is, this is the sad reality of the Muslim world.
0: It's funny. I'm going to hand it over to Joe. We only have a few minutes left. Uh, Prime Minister in exile, Sally Houdaya, Um joining mm-hmm. us here at the front line with Joe. And Joe, you know, it's it, it's it's really. It's really sad to see what's going on. It reminds me, I'm not joking either, but it kind of reminds me of the fictional character Spectre in the James Bond books, right? It's like Xi Jinping is sitting behind, you know, sitting at the head of that very long table. And the Spectre's got, you know, it's like an octopus. They have the tentacles and everything. They can buy off whoever they want. And I don't know why we continue to allow it, but hopefully, hopefully we could do something You're obviously doing it. You're out there. We're trying to speak out about this um, to raise the consciousness, at least of the American people, to tell at least start in America, start in the way you can. Start boycotting these companies that are doing business in China. Don't, 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 you know, hold Apple's feet to the fire, you know, and Tim Cook and, you know, all these people. Again, in our own small ways, you know, aside from some larger things that we could do. And I'm sure you're you're that's something that you're kind of like boots on the ground when it comes to like really trying to, you know, raise the awareness of this. But in our own small ways, we should stop, at least in our own lives, being complicit in this. And there's ways we could do that. Um with that, we have a few minutes left. Joe Restinello, where do you want to go? Well,
1: In this conversation, we talked about the UN, we talked about America, we talked about the press, we talked about big tech, we talked about the Muslim nations. And it seems to me, and I'm from New Jersey, and I'm going to break it down like a guy from New Jersey, China's a bully. They're a bully. It comes right down to that. They use their leverage financially, they use their might, they're not afraid to use physical force, and everyone backs down everyone backs down but I'll tell you this I believe in God and I believe in justice and one day justice will be served it's the way it works it's the way of history and there is no question about it that the truth will ring out as clear as a bell there is no doubt about that but with that said let's talk about the East Turkestan National Awakening Movement and what can people do regular people from a grassroots level to help your cause
2: Yes, the East Turkestan National Awakening Movement is a, uh, a non-profit uh, political and human rights movement, uh, specifically advocating for an end to China's ongoing uh, campaign of colonization, genocide, and occupation in East Turkestan, and campaigning for the restoration of the East Turkestan's independence. Because at this rate, uh, you know, the Chinese go- government gave a time in 1950. Uh, 1955. We are a so-called autonomous region, but we've had no, you know, the only autonomy we've had is to be sent to concentration camps, to be uh, colonized, to be, you know, sterilized, raped, uh, forcibly aborted and killed. Uh, And so, as an independent nation prior to the Chinese uh, uh, occupation, we feel that uh, restoring East Turkestan independence is the only solution And the only way that we can ensure our people's human rights, our freedoms and our very existence at this rate. So that is what we are uh, campaigning for. And as far as what average Americans can do, you know, uh, everyone uses social media. So we'd like everyone to follow us on social media at, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram at etawakening or etexilegov. Uh, to keep updated about what, what's happening and you know people can volunteer in any, in, in any ways whether it's you know uh helping you know whether it's like setting up uh, some little uh info info event at their local church or their local community center or you know informing uh, other students at their at their college uh, these are all things that we need to do uh you know pressing our lawmakers to take a you know uh stronger stance on these issues is uh, other other things that every american uh can do you know just sharing the information on social media letting others uh you know uh become more aware about it is the most basic thing uh, uh yet the most strongest thing that we can do and that we should do
0: well the funny thing is prime minister is that you know Here, it seems that in America, if you speak the way we do, our own government targets or at least describes us. I'm not going to compare what we go through as conservative Americans to what the, the Uyghur community is going through in East Turkestan, okay? But we have views that our own government says if we hold certain views, we're terrorists. We're, we're, even if you're a parent yelling at us, a a, a member of the school board, you're, you're, you're somehow a domestic terrorist. Certainly, you're a white supremacist, absolutely a racist. Who are you to criticize China? You're a racist and say, well, they're brutal murderers. Okay. They are the murderers of history. Okay. Or amongst the murderers of history. And I'm going to speak out in this country. You know, if you speak that way, you know, you're a racist, you're deplorable. Okay. Uh, and, you're, and you're all these things. So um, it, it's kind of said that way. Real quick, we have about a minute left. How did you become uh, prime minister? Uh, some people might say, well, who made this guy prime minister? <laughs> I, and I'm not, I'm not joking about it.
2: So, our government in exile, uh, every four years, we have uh, elections, uh, parliamentary elections, and our parliament elects representatives. And then the parliament, uh, our representatives they in turn elect uh government. So uh, following my success with the National Awakening Movement in 2018, uh, our people nominated a member of, of, uh, our, our, of our parliament representing the uh, our diaspora here in the United States. And then our parliament felt that I, uh, given my background, my uh, uh, ling- uh, language abilities, capabilities, what I studied, uh, they felt that I, I had the, uh, despite I, me being young, they felt that I was more able to represent uh, our government's leadership. So uh, our parliament
0: elected me as, as the prime minister. All right. Well, you have our support, Prime Minister. In any way that Joe and I can help you here at the front line with Joe and Joe, and we certainly are very grateful that you've taken your valuable time to come on the show and 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 spread the word to to our audience and help us to let people know what's going on with this this brutal, murderous, oppressive regime in China and different things that we could do, even if it's like I said in our own lives to 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 cut the ties and not and not support them in any way. So we want to thank you so much for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. You're welcome back anytime thank you for the opportunity. God bless. God bless you. And thank you all out there at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network for joining us here at the Frontline with Joe and Joe, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith in the New York City metropolitan area. Remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We will talk to you soon.